We review the wonderful promises God has given for those who participate in the chosen fast. All right, let's get ready to make our declarations. If you have your Bible, please, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Ephesians 6 verse 17. It says here, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, We've studied this passage in detail as we've talked about our armor and the weapons of our warfare. And I just want to bring your attention to this part of that verse that says, You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What I want to just highlight here, it says it's the sword of the Spirit. That means it's something that the Holy Spirit is involved with. So it's not some human sword, it's the sword of the Spirit. But I take it, I make use of it. But really when we use that sword, it's the Holy Spirit who's going against the enemy. But I'm using the sword, but it's a sword of the Spirit. So when I use that sword, when you use that sword, it's the Holy Spirit going against the enemy. But I get to use that. You get to use it. It's the word of God. So when you and I declare the word, when we speak the words, what's happening? The Holy Spirit is going against the enemy. Like it says in Isaiah 59, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. The Holy Spirit raises up a standard against the enemy. So the enemy has to contend or come is, 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 has to face the spirit of the living God. But what are you and me doing? We are just speaking the words. So when you and I speak the word, we are, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but we are releasing the Holy Spirit to go against the enemy. Are you understanding that? It's all the more. I'm using the sword of the spirit. I speak the word. But the devil has to face the spirit of God. Amen? And the spirit of God is going to raise up a standard on our behalf against the enemy. So speak the word. Speak the word. Use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's stand up to our feet, please, this morning as we make our declaration. I want you to Let's say this out loud, bold and strong. Declare this because we believe it, we mean it. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn around, say hi to the person next to you, in front of you, behind you. Smile at them. Give them your name. Make them happy. And then please be seated. All right, let's turn to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. This will be the last message in this series on the chosen fast. 
I've been encouraged as I've met a few people who said from the Sunday, that's two Sundays ago, from the Sunday we started talking about the chosen fast, they've started acting on this. They started doing it. So that's good. That's encouraging. And also, we don't just hear the message and go home and, oh, okay, that was just a sermon. But when we hear it, we say, okay, I'm going to do something with it, right? And I'm very encouraged to hear of people actually uh, uh, beginning to do that uh, to whatever extent and grace and ability they're able to do. Uh, but it's really encouraging to do that. So let's read this entire chapter, Isaiah 58. I know we've been doing that over the last two Sundays. We'll do it one more time. And then we will look at specific things from this chapter. Isaiah 58. If I'm too loud, you could just uh, uh, turn me down. Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of, of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have ye fasted, they say, and ye have not seen? Why have ye afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with a fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an, and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? Then you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in droughts and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, the subject of fasting, and specifically we're talking about the chosen fast. For us New Testament believers who are under grace, sometimes we might find that somewhat repulsive. I mean, why are you talking about fasting? Isn't it all about works? Uh, when we are supposed to be under grace. 
Uh, why should we fast? Why should we do that stuff? Why should we, you know, make some effort? Because it's a little painful, you know. Why do it? We're under grace. I just want to remind us that, you know, grace is not designed to make us lazy. Grace is not intended to make us sloppy in our Christian walk. Grace is actually empowering us to do the things God has called us to do and invites us to do. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I worked more hard than all the other apostles. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God, but I am a hard worker. So grace actually empowers us to go beyond ourselves, to work, to serve the Lord. And I want to remind us of what Jesus said in Matthew 9, and we referenced that in the past in, I think it's verses 13 and 14, where Jesus said, or 14 through 17 in Matthew 9, where Jesus said that the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away, and then the friends of the bridegroom will fast in those days. Referring to you and me, during this dispensation, when Jesus has been taken away, and it's this time that we are going to fast. We are going to give ourselves to doing this thing. So, yes, we are in a time of grace. Yes, this is the dispensation of grace. But it's also a time when Jesus said that the bridegroom is taken away. And the friends of the bridegroom, you and I, will fast in this time. Amen? So we are in that time that Jesus said he's invited us to do this, to fast. And so we are studying this chapter in Isaiah 58. To understand how to do this correctly. What does God expect of us when we fast? How does he tell us to do this right? So in part one of this message, we talked about preparation. Where we identified from this chapter, important things that we should be doing when we fast. And we summarized that in these four key things we find. That first of all, we should have the right motives. That means I fast not, you know, to twist God's arm. Make him feel sorry for me and say, oh, my poor little child is starving. Let me do something. That's not the motive. Neither are we fasting to make our voice heard on high so that other people will say, you know, what a man, what a woman, you know, they're going through all this. We're not doing this to impress people. Our motives must be right first. Second, he said, we saw from this passage that our relationships, we must treat people right. So, example, you're fasting, you decide Monday morning you're going to fast because Sunday you heard that message. And here you go and you're really irritable in the office because you're fasting, right? And then you begin to mistreat all the people reporting to you. You might as well not fast. Because he says one very important thing. You've got to treat people right. you got to undo those bonds of wickedness. you got to... Um, uh, set those people who are being oppressed or burdened. You've got to set them free. You, you treat people right. Don't point fingers at people. Don't you know, gossip about people. Don't backbite. Uh, uh, treating people right is a preparation in order to fast correctly. Are you with me? The third thing he tells us in order for us to fast correctly, he says is, I want you to show compassion to people. So if, as you're preparing yourself, you also show compassion. Uh, you help people in need. Don't hide yourself from your own flesh, your own family members who might be in need. Your close people around you are, are in need. Do something. Of course, we're not going to be able to meet the needs of every person, but maybe one, maybe two is part of your preparation to fast. So as I would take a day to fast and pray, one very important thing is I would make sure my relationships are in order. In fact, yesterday, I, I was just 
doing a little bit of this, skipped two meals, but, and I was praying for a certain few people in church that I really wanted to see breakthrough in their lives. But one of the things that I did during the course of the day is call two other men of God. Now, I didn't hold these men in high regard. They are very famous people, but because I know of some of these things, I was like, mm, I don't think I really want to connect with them. But somehow, I reached out. I said, no, I've got to connect. Spoke to them. And I, and I was, said, okay, God, I'm doing this. And part of my fasting also includes me having right relationships. It's nothing that, that, that has taken place between us. It's just that my opinion about them was not very nice for various reasons. But I needed still to connect and honor them as men of God. Regardless of what, you know, other things might happen or might not be happening. But that's not. I need to honor them. So we need to get work on our relationships intentionally in order to make sure we do the fast properly. Are you with me? Otherwise, we are just neutralizing, negating all that you're doing in the fast. Because God's clearly instructed us. Your relationships are important. Your motives are important. And thirdly, show compassion. Do some good to people. Feed those who are hungry. Clothe those who are naked. Provide shelter. Do something. Show mercy. Show compassion to people who are in need. And fourthly, he says, live a life that honors God every day. So it's not just me. It's not just about fasting per se. Uh, that, 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 that's, that's important. He says, in order to prepare for that, live a life that honors God all the time. Honor him in all your ways. That's important as I prepare to fast. Then in part two of this message, we talked about for whom, why, and how you're going to fast. So you may fast for your own self. There may be personal needs. You fast for yourself. Or you may be fasting for some other people. People you may know in your family, in the church, in the church community, in your workplace, whoever. For somebody else, you're doing it as an intercessor on their behalf. You're saying, God, I'm doing this not because I want something, but I'm doing this because I want to see something happen in their lives, in their circumstances, in their situations, on their behalf. I'm doing it for them. And so you do it as an intercessor. You do it for them. And we talked about how you could do this. There are many different kinds of fasts. You can skip a meal. You can skip several meals. Or you can just go light on your food like Daniel he stayed away from certain delicacies. Now, whatever your delicacy is, just stay away from it for a day, two days, whatever. I, you know, whether it's chocolate, ice cream, or whatever. It's you, you decide. Between you and God, he said, God, I'm staying away from these things and uh, for a time. Or you may fast an activity like watching television or just using your WhatsApp message, troubling everybody else, you know, on WhatsApp. <laughs> okay, God, for some period, I'm going to let them be at peace. No more WhatsApp, you know. <laughs> Or whatever, you're gonna, you know, fast your Facebook for a page, you know, let the face stay the way it is, you know. And not worry about who says what on your Facebook. Social media, because that consumes so much of our time, it's a good thing to fast, you know. Uh, and sometimes that may be a little bit more difficult than food itself. <laughs> so, uh, so, certain activity. Or you may live the fasted life, like the Nazarite. Uh, God did, talked about the Nazarite in the Old Testament, where he called those people for extended periods of time to refrain from certain kinds of food and certain activities so that they consecrate themselves to God. So you may do the Nazarite fast, which is not necessarily staying away from food, but certain kinds of things for an extended period of time. Samson was called to be a Nazarite for the entirety of his life. So that's a fasted life. So you could do any of these and uh, you decide. Now, this morning, I want us to look at Isaiah 58 and just quickly look at the blessings, the promises. God says, if you do the chosen fast and if you do it right, here's what I'm telling you will happen in your life, right? 
So we're going to look at those blessings. And let's read those specific verses again. Uh, just follow with me, please. In Isaiah 58, we'll read verse 8. Here are all the blessings. He says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will... Verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say... Here I am. The second half of verse 10. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in droughts and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Verse 14. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, this is not what your pastor is promising. This is God promising this. That these are the things that will take place in your life if you do the chosen fast. You know, even if you skip one meal, but if you do it right, you're positioning yourself to receive these blessings. Now keep in mind that all of these blessings are given to us by grace. We are not earning it or we are not working for it. They're already provided for us through the cross of Jesus. But fasting, doing the chosen fast, is only positioning me, putting me in the right place to receive it. It's like tuning your FM radio, if you listen to it, or tuning yourself to receive it on this end. On God's side, He's already made provision for it. He's already made available by grace, freely through grace, through the work Jesus did for us on the cross. But when we do the chosen fast, It's positioning us to receive all of these blessings. Are you with me so far? So none of us can say, you know, oh, I worked. God gave it to me, you know, because I, you know, I did all these days of fasting. No, no, it's not because you did all these days of fasting. It was already provided for you and me through the cross through by grace. But fasting only put me in the right place to receive it. It made me able to receive what God has freely given to me by grace. In In these verses that we read, I just did a little count. There are about 18 promise statements. 18 things that God says he will do. Some of them are similar or repeated. So what we want to do is just run through these 18 so that you can see what God is saying will come into our lives when we position ourselves doing the chosen fast. Beginning there in verse 8. Number 1. He says, your light shall break forth like the morning. Again, you'll, you'll find several figures of speech that we just need to understand. Your light will break forth like the morning. So maybe you're in a, in a time or a season of darkness. Darkness in scripture uh, could denote lack of revelation, lack of understanding, poor visibility, unable to see much ahead. It's all dark and gloomy. Or darkness in scripture also represents everything that is not of God. It represents the powers of darkness. Their works, what they're doing. So imagine your world enveloped by darkness. 
But then you fast, you do the chosen fast, and God says light breaks forth into your world. Dispels the gloominess, the darkness. Light represents everything that is of God. His blessing, his provision, his mercy, his works, his healing. And he says all this will break through into your life. Light will break forth like the morning. Number two, he says your healing shall spring forth speedily. Healing will come into your body. We know what's provided for us on Calvary's cross, but sometimes the chosen fast is going to move us into that place where we receive that healing. Or you may do it as an intercessor for on behalf of other people. And say, God, I'm doing this because I want so-and-so. I want that person or that church, people in that. I want them to experience it. I'm doing it on their behalf. And he says, your healing will spring forth speedily. Some other translations put it this way. And thy wounds shall speedily be healed over. And the scar of thy wounds shall be speedily removed. So even the scars will be removed is one one translation putting it. Physical and emotional healing. Number three. And your righteousness will go before you. That means your righteousness will pave the way for you. God is saying your righteousness is going ahead of you. What is righteousness? In scripture we see that this whole thing about righteousness, that righteousness is something that definitely pleases God. Righteousness is also a place of immunity. It's a place of security. And righteousness is also what brings promotion. So when God is saying your righteousness goes before you, the way before you is going to be one ordered for you that's going to be pleasing to God, that's keeping you secure, and is going to bring you promotion, elevate you. Your righteousness lifting you up. You with me? Your righteousness will go before you. In fact, the same phrase is used about God himself. And it says his righteousness goes before him. And he's saying the same thing happens to you and me. Number four, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. God's glory will cover you from behind. It's actually drawing from what the, uh, the, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people experienced in Exodus 14, 19. You remember the story that they came face to face with the Red Sea. And the Egyptians were drawing close behind them. It seemed like they, they were stuck. But at that moment, the scripture says in Exodus 14, 19, the glory of God went right behind them and prevented them, prevented the Egyptians from reaching the Israelites until they all had crossed over the Red Sea. So it's saying the glory of God will protect you. God's own presence, his manifest presence will guard you. You'll be in that place of security. Number five. Then you shall call on the Lord and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. The promise of answered prayer. Prayers are answered because God is a prayer answering God. But sometimes we need to do the chosen fast in order to receive certain answers. It's like Daniel. He was praying and seeking God. And then he went on this what we call as a Daniel's fast for 21 days where he didn't eat any of his delicacies. And he continued in that for 21 days until the answer came. But what was actually happening in the realm of the spirit? There was war happening. The, the powers of darkness were preventing, hindering the answer that was sent on day one from reaching Daniel. But he stood and he finally got the answer. And God is saying, you do the chosen fast and you will begin to see answers to your prayer. Six. Your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be 
as the noonday, very similar to what we saw, your darkness being dispelled, light breaking forth into your life. Number seven, the Lord will guide you continually. Another blessing of the chosen fast, continued guidance. Hearing clearly from God on what you should do, on the decisions you and I need to make. He says, you do the chosen fast, it's going to position you to clearly receive God's guidance for your life. And you and I need guidance. And there are times when we may not be so, uh, we may be able to clearly discern what God would want us to do. That's a good time to go on the chosen fast and say, God, I want to fast because I want to hear clearly what you're telling me and what you're instructing me to do. Number eight, and satisfy your soul in droughts. The Message Bible puts it like this. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. I mean, you could be in the worst situation, the dry, the barren, the empty place. But God is saying, I will satisfy you. I will give you a full life. Even if everything around you is dry, barren, and empty. The chosen fast puts us in that position. Number Nine, and strengthen your bones. Speaking once again of health, healing, and wholeness. Ten, you shall be like a watered garden. A watered garden. Something that's pleasant. Something that's flourishing. Every part of it is going well. Every area of your life is blessed. That's a well-watered garden. The chosen fast. Puts you in that place. Amen? Be like a well-watered garden. Everything beautiful, blossoming, flourishing in your life. Eleven. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Describing something that's perennial. Now the spring, there's water coming out, fresh water coming out all the time. There is nothing stagnant about it. Nothing... um, Uh, that's dirty about that it's fresh water coming all the time and he says your life will be like that there's a freshness there is a perennial continuous freshness and life and health and strength and vigor you will be like that he says 12 those from among you shall build the old waste places now he goes from promises that are for the individual to start talking about the community Those from among you. So imagine if we as a church body consistently engage in the chosen fast. He says something is going to start happening among you. Those from among you. People from among you will start doing these things. What will happen? Those from among you will rebuild the old ruins. So imagine old ruins now being raised up, rebuilt. Now, we can apply that to various areas of our lives. It doesn't necessarily have to be literal or physical that, you know, you and I become archaeologists, start digging and excavating and start building old cities. I mean, maybe some might do that, but that, it's not limited to that. The point is, things that have been torn down, things that have been left in ruins in our society, in our world, Those from among us, God will raise people from among us who will rebuild those things, reestablish those things. So think, for example, the moral fabric of society that's being torn down and that is now being left in ruins. Where will God find people who can rebuild those things? Rebuild and reestablish those standards of morality 
uh, reestablish innocence, reestablish godliness in society, where will God find it? Among a people who are consistently engaging in the chosen fast. Those from among you will rebuild the ruins. Are you with me? And then he says, the next one, and you will raise up the foundations of many generations. Very similar in thought to the previous statement. Foundations. Again, we're not necessarily talking about literal foundations, but foundations of so many things in our society about marriage, on family, on, on business, and, and doing business the right way, and, and, and so many areas of, of, of society in our world. Foundations have been raised, removed, dismantled. But God says, those from among you will reestablish those foundations of many generations. Things that have been turned down, they'll be putting it back together. That God will raise up such people from among us. And then he says, the 14th one here. And you shall be called the repairer of the bridge. That we will become a community. That we will be a people and God will raise up people from amongst us. Who will be repairers of the bridge. Now, it's painting a picture here. In ancient times, Old Testament times. Cities were fortified. They had walls around the cities that protected the city, the inhabitants of the city. But if that wall was broken in any section, if there was a bridge in the wall, the entire city, the entire community inside was now vulnerable to enemy attack. But he says, when you do the chosen fast, I will raise up people from among you who will become repairers of the bridge. They will come in and they will establish, they will do things that will protect the community. They'll be able to stand in the gap and protect the community. So imagine that when we engage in the chosen fast, God is going to raise different ones of us up. And we will become repairers of the bridge. We'll be standing in the gap and saying, this community is protected. Devil, you will not touch any person amongst us. Because those from amongst us have been raised up to be repairers of the bridge. And then he says, the next one, 15, they will be restorers of streets to dwell in. It's really talking about restoring the city, restoring dwelling places, settlements. That there will be peace, blessing, prosperity established in the community. They'll be restored. They will restore the dwelling places where people can dwell securely. That means we will be that kind of a community. God will raise up. People from amongst us will help establish that in the community. Bring blessing, prosperity, security, strength, well-being, wholeness, peace into the community as we engage in the chosen fast. 16. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. You'll be happy. You'll enjoy God. Sunday morning will not be that terrible time when you have to come to church and listen to another sermon. It'll be an exciting time. You'll be enjoying God. This is so much in contrast to the early part of that chapter where those people were saying, God, we have fasted and why aren't you taking notice of us? Why aren't you responding to us? What's happening, God? Total contrast. You're not grumbling and complaining and blaming God, but you're enjoying Him. Then he says, 17, I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. All the good news Bible says, I will make you honored over all, all over the world. So again, there's a figure of speech. Riding on the high hills. Don't imagine yourself on a stallion. Just, you know, 
That's not it. What it means is that God is going to bring you to places of honor. In the high places, he'll bring you to places of honor all over the earth. He's going to promote you. He's going to elevate you. He's going to exalt you, lift you up, and bring you to those places of honor. And lastly, he says, you will enjoy, I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, meaning you will receive your inheritance. For us as believers, we have a rich spiritual inheritance, and that becomes ours as we position ourselves doing the chosen fast. Amen? All these blessings are ours, but we just have to position ourselves as we engage in the chosen fast. So I want to encourage you and I, especially over the next two weeks. I say two weeks because the following week, 28th to 2nd, is our five days of prayer. So over these two weeks, if you can, whatever you can do, whether it's one meal, a few meals, however you want to fast, I want you to encourage you, do it. And then you go before God and say, God, here are all these things you said that you've spoken will come upon my life if I do this fast, the chosen fast correctly. And you watch over, over your own life, get your relationships right. If you need to forgive people, forgive them. If you need to be reconciled with people, reconcile. Uh, whatever, you get your relationships right. You treat people right. You p- prepare yourself, get yourself in the right position. Do this and see what God will do for you. The blessings that will break forth into your life. Amen. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God has declared it. It's not for you and me to believe and say, okay, I'll take God upon his word. God, do this in my life. Or you may know families in the church or families, relatives uh, who need help. They need a breakthrough. They need light to break into their darkness. Maybe then their lives need to be changed. They need to become like well-watered gardens. Maybe uh, they're in a dry and barren place. But God says, I will cause them to flourish even in that place. But somebody needs to stand in the gap as an intercessor. Do the chosen fast for them. And say, God, would you do it for that person or that family or whoever you feel that you would like to do it for. I'd encourage you to do that for somebody else uh, if you would like to. But let's do it as a community. And then let's continue with that. Right? So we don't just do it for two weeks and say, okay, I've done. Goodbye. <laughs> no. Make this a part of your life. As often as you can, you step into this and say, God, I want to receive these blessings. For me, for the church, for people that, I, that you feel burdened about. You intercede for them. You pray for them. And you release this blessing on their behalf. Amen? Let's take a few moments to pray right now. You can remain seated, please, for a few moments as we pray. And uh, would you just respond to the word that we heard this morning and just talk to the Lord and say, God, help me to do this. For some of us, we may have never done this. And so it might be a little difficult, but God gives us grace. He gives us the empowering to do whatever he calls us to do. We just have to ask him. So ask him, God, give me the grace. I've never done this before. Show me how to do it. Take baby steps if you need to. Take small steps if you need to. But you, between you and God this morning, you decide what baby steps, what small steps, what steps you would take uh, in the next two weeks to attempt the chosen fast, just to get into it. You pray right now and say, God, give me the grace and help me. And you may want to decide just as you pray what you would like to do. Even if it's a small step, just pray about it and say, God, give me the strength to do this. You can pick a day and say, God, that day I'm going to you know, just skip 
a meal or two meals. Give me the strength and I'll just be on fluids that day and I'm going to take extra time to pray. And I'm going to pray for these things. You decide what you want to do. Father, we just pray right now for grace to be released on people, God. Grace to empower us to do what you've invited us to do. What you instruct us to do in your word. The chosen fast. Let that grace come upon our lives. You empower us, O oh God. Father, I pray that even as people step into the chosen fast, they will see breakthroughs in their lives. They will see breakthroughs, God, in their workplaces. They will see breakthroughs in their businesses. They will see breakthroughs in their health. They will see breakthroughs for their families. And Father, we pray that even as your word says, you will raise up from among us those who will rebuild the ruins, reestablish foundations, become repairers of the bridge. And God, those who will restore communities, godly communities, communities that are experiencing the peace, the prosperity, and the security that comes from heaven. And you raise up from among us such people, many such people. And we thank you, Father. We thank you. We pray that people experience God's supernatural transformation of circumstances, situations, and their lives as we step into this. We thank you for the empowering from your spirit that will help each of us do something, do a little bit, do our part in this, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet, please, as we save the benediction here this morning. So will you do that? Yes? A little bit? Something? Whatever you can, just do it. And you'll see God's blessing just taking place in your lives. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Go forth and do it. Amen. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.